Welcome to this week's Henchman of Comics. I'm Alex Eschbach. And this is the king of comics for Oklahoma, your boy, Matt Golden. I think there are several people that would dispute that title. Bring um, it. That's all I say is like, I welcome the competition. I'm currently the undisputed king of comics in Oklahoma. I don't think you've ever entered yourself in any sort of competition before. The king doesn't enter himself in a competition. He just one day is the king. Is that how it works? Uh, it 100% is. I'm that, wearing the t-shirt right now that says King of Comics, so. Looks like you just hand-scrawled it with the Sharpie on there. I did, uh, and it is a white shirt, and mm-hmm. it is definitely, probably, I wrote it, you know, looking down, so I might have spelled a few things wrong. Backwards, too, in the mirror. I mean, yeah. They, is they, it backwards? Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, this is, yeah, the undisputed King of Comics in Oklahoma. Uh, according to one person. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there we go. I don't think it gets any better. That's basically that. how Elvis got his title. <laughs> yeah, he's he is the king. I'm the king of comics. So nobody else has said it, I don't think. Well, this week we're delving into part two of our first classic series and talking about Why the Last Man. We're we are com- talking about Why the Last Man. However, real quick, um, we hadn't talked about this pre-show, but I had something that I went and did this week. It was kind of cool. I went to Kansas City, and I stopped into a comic book shop there. Yeah, I did. You weren't invited. I'm okay with that. Um, So I went to a comic book shop called Clint's Comic Books, and they were extremely nice, extremely helpful. Uh, I highly recommend it if you're ever in Kansas City. Did you meet Clint? I I didn't meet Clint. I think he's dead. I I could be wrong. Maybe he's not. That was a dark twist. Yeah, and he's fine. He, He lived to like 98. He's cool. I feel um, like you're just making up this man's like biography right now. Uh probably am. Uh but I went there and I got uh a lot of help and I just talked comics with these wonderful older people and I think it's one of the oldest comic book shops in North America is what they said. Really? So I was I was super That's interested cool. by that. And their selection there is incredible. Prices are are fucking great. They're not paying me to say any of this because if they did I would just take their <laughs> money. Uh, because f- anybody that wants to give me money is not somebody I want to associate with. Um, but yeah, I had a great time. It was a cool comic book shop. And if you're ever there, go check it out. It's dope. All right. Check out Clinton's ring endorsement from the King of Comics in Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we're going to be covering uh, issues number 18 all the way through 42 in this episode, which if you're a trade reader is volumes four, five, six, and seven. Yeah. Goddamn right. Uh, we ran the gamut on this one. And let me just say to kick it off, I'm going to sell myself out. The King of Comics is going to go ahead and sell himself down the river a little bit. I read all these, don't get me wrong, and I read most of them within the past three days. However, Volume 4, in preparation for our first Why the Last Man classic series, I went ahead and read Volume 4, part of that, before we decided how many we were going to read. Did I reread it? No. No, I didn't. The King of Comics doesn't need to reread. Well, it's need to be a studious note taker, uh, like I am, Okay. Oh, let me tell you, uh, for this particular one, like for one through three, I had the most intense notes. And then for the fourth one, because I thought we were going to record it, I had one note for the whole thing. It was like three words long. It was not helpful. Well, when we last left York, Dr. Man, and 3v5, 
they had just got done dealing with some astronauts who had landed and dealing with the Israelis, and they were still headed west uh, to San Francisco to the B-Sample Lab, where Dr. Allison Mann kept all of her things. Um, but this episode starts out, or not episode, this series starts <laughs> out uh, with York getting involved with some cowgirls, 55, and Dr. Mann, who mistake them for Amazons, and trying to hold them up. They hide York, and Man and 35 everything handled until York once again steps in and just makes things worse. Which actually brings me to something that I want to, uh, new game I want to play. It's very fitting with, uh, uh, with our, our series that we're going on. It's just called simply why, why did this happen? Why did he do this dumb thing? I'm asking. Is that the game? Yeah. The game <laughs> He's is, asked the question. Why? why, why the fuck did this happen? Well, it's very much in line with the York character. Obviously, like he has a hero complex, but I think there's something in part inside of him that believes that he survived for a reason. And not only it's his duty to save these women, but his duty to help and save and protect his friends. So I think that's why he did it, despite the fact that Three Five is more much more capable than he is, and Doctor Man's much more level-headed and rational than he is too. I also think he has very little value on his own life. He would much rather save his friends and and die a hero. Like you said, he definitely has a fucking hero complex. Uh, Yeah, that's my thoughts on this. Uh, Yeah, and this is where we get more of the Amulet of Helen, which is the amulet that 35 stole in the very first issue, I believe. Uh, There's a group trying to go after it, uh, a splinter group from the Culpa Ring 35 works for. Um. But I think one of my favorite parts in this is eventually they're in Arizona and they uh, get stopped by a person who tries to warn them that there's a roadblock at the end of the road, people waiting with armed guns. But it's this woman named PJ who is a mechanic who works in a mecha- uh, mechanic shop. Uh, and she gives them the heads up while 25 and Dr. Man try and go uh, talk her way through. Really, Dr. Man tries to do it while 35 goes and rescues her while York hangs back with PJ. Yep. And you want to know the coolest moment? Like, this is where Y peaks for me. Yeah, this is a, a ballin'-ass moment. And I'm glad that you agree, because PJ mentioned that she used to be in a band. Oh, Remember God. what kind of band oh, that no. PJ said you used to play in? Uh, I guess it starts with a an S and ends with a Ka. You're right. PJ was in a ska band, uh, making her the most important character in the entire Why the Last Man series. Uh, let me tell you, uh, dear listener, that just from where I'm sitting, and this is just at first glance, this is not with any uh, studious gazes, I have found four different things in the room that I'm sitting uh, that have checkerboard on them, and I want to barf in my fucking mouth. We're at Alex's house. This is where we record our podcast, for those who didn't know. Uh, and please, if you have a gun, send it to uh, Alex's house for me so I can blow my brains out. And he was been looking very hard because I always have at least four pieces of checkerboard on me at all times. Uh, you are currently wearing one. Uh, you are incorrect. My wedding ring is off the checkerboard. Oh, God. My Did belt it... is checkerboard. My wallet is checkerboard. Uh, and I have a checkerboard you tattoo. You don't wear a wallet, though. You don't wear a wallet. Okay. You have the one. wallet you wears me. <laughs> you carry a wallet. Thank you. End of discussion. <laughs> this podcast is over. Uh, <laughs> we, we went through four through seven today, as you can clearly tell. <laughs> 
And that, I mean, really, it's just all downhill from here. Mm-hmm. That was really where Brian Vaughn peaked as a writer. He didn't say anything <laughs> bad about Scott, which I appreciated as well. So, from Mary there, he did in my heart, which actually brings me to you know what though the Here, biggest the tragedy thing. of the entire series. He here's the thing: is Brian Vaughn in this moment says, without actually writing it, he basically says, "Scott is a mistake made on the youth of America." Uh, I don't think so, because even in my when, younger days, even when I was. Even so when dumb, half the population survived, ska, ska is still relevant. When I was an more idiot relevant teenager, than ever, I listened to ska music and enjoyed it so much. When I smoked all the pots when I was eighteen years old, that I decided spend... to join the worst kind of music that you possibly can. Who trusts the music opinion of an eighteen-year-old? Certainly not I. Uh, Kiki, okay. do you love me? Fuck you. <laughs> so apparently, Matt really. Liked, I'm just gonna say he liked house music around that time. You could eat my ass. You really enjoyed Massive Tech. Uh, and that was about it. I, I'm giving up. So, back on track. <laughs> we're we, going to are go we? to, I think it's also the most tragic moment. I thought PJ was awesome. Like, I love the bond between him and your. There's nothing sexual there. It was just like that good. It was like that when you meet that person and you guys just click instantly. You're like, we're going to be friends. We're going to be buds. And then PJ dies tragically. She gets killed. By someone who is watching the border, kind of brainwashing, ambushes them. And then York, for the first time in the series, kills a woman in retaliation. And York takes his first life. Which is a very grounding, dark moment. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's how this trade ends. Uh, it's, that's how the story with York ends in that trade. There's one more issue afterward. But that's it, it just cuts in like, it's super dark because York is, as you've seen, like, naturally like, lighthearted and jovial. And he's the guy that can't be serious in even serious situations, but in this world where it's erupted to near chaos, he finally takes a life on there. And it's because once again, he lost someone that, that he got close to. Well, if this is the same trend I'm thinking of, we're glossing over a giant character, um, character seven eleven. That's that, next one. That's in five? Yeah. Are you sure No, seven eleven's in there. Yeah, 7-Eleven yeah. is four, bro. Yeah. We were glossing way over that. Yeah, that's like the first three quarters of this trade. Or at least the first half of it. Yeah, actually, we didn't skip on that. I just jumped into the middle well, of this it was a, we're, I had to want to talk about a ska band. I wanted to get that in there. Yeah, you really fucking did. But yeah, uh, 7-Eleven is an old partner of 35. She's a member of the Culpa Ring. Yeah. And... She basically, she's supposed to look after York while they go uh, and get some medicine for Ampersand and heal him because he's not feeling too good. And she basically uses sexual torture uh, to make him uh, not suicidal anymore. But, like, reading these issues made me uncomfortable. Like, I think that shows how effective they were. Because what York goes through is dark and twisted. Uh, and it's a great insight into and his mind. And it's so fucking hot. There's so many boobs. And if you are into female domination, you will love it. That's true. If you're into humiliation uh, and being pushed back from the brink of suicide, then it's right for you. Yeah, your dick will be so hard if you're into those sort of things. But for a character study point of view, it and it was great because like you believe that she is working against him and wanting to destroy him and humiliate him. It's not until that she reveals that she was working to actually bring him back. I still don't buy it. I think she <laughs> lied. I think she was just into it. I mean, that that could be it. But she did end up essentially taking her own life 
suicide by Sektomot Ring, or whatever they call themselves. She pulled a gun on them. They shot her. Yeah. That's all she wrote. That was how volume four ends. No, volume four ends. No, it ended that way. Pull no. it up. We got the books here. It's actually the return of Hero. We haven't seen Hero since she oh, was jailed uh, by the Marisville population. Uh, and she arrives at the farm where the astronauts landed and where the Russian still is. And we learn that the baby was born and the baby is male, which is a huge twist. That baby's got a big old dong, too. Well, I think that's just Matt projecting things that he didn't <laughs> see. Because that was most definitely not drawn in any panel. Yeah, I just know that that's what Brian K. Vaughn would want. Well, okay. So we're going <laughs> to move on. No, we're not. We're talking about this. No, no, we're, we're going to move on. <laughs> uh, we actually meet... Uh, York goes to her church. Uh, we meet a woman named Beth. Not York's Beth. A woman that kind of looks similar to. And she is an ex-theology major. And uh, a also an ex-flight attendant. Yes. And her, we see her backstory, which is brief. But it was dark. She was in a flight whenever uh, all the men died. And the pilots were both men. And we see her try and save the woman on the plane. And it still ends up crashing. Yeah. Uh, and she realized later on that they had already put in the autopilot and that if she had just let it run its course that everybody on board might've lived, but because she tried to override the autopilot, which she did only three people lived. And now she looks after the church because she feels like she buried some of the women. That's her job as a caretaker uh, for it's interesting too, because the church has always been very patriarchal. And so there is that natural conflict of women and we see the Amazons approach later. Of you know, I disagree. I don't think the church has ever really been patriarchal. I think it's pretty welcoming. I think history really <laughs> disagrees with you. I agree to disagree. Okay. <laughs> Facts don't matter anymore. <laughs> but this happens another big moment. It's not just another stop where York meets a woman because he actually sleeps with this woman. And this is the first woman that York has slept with uh, since... Everything happened, I believe. I could be mistaken. I'm pretty sure it's from that he slept with. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Because they sleep together, and then he has immediate regret and remorse that he cheated on Beth. His Beth, not the Beth in the church. The woman that he has not seen or heard from in three years, who has not confirmed or denied yeah. whether or not she would marry him, and who he has no evidence of whether or not she is alive. He's like, Which, nope, we're still together. You have three years, and I want to... It kind of reminds me of something small. Brian K. Vaughn does a great job with just little lines of dialogue like that. He'll let the reader know how much time has passed since the play. Yeah, there's so a, there's wonder. one point uh, that really kind of struck me where he says, or somebody's like, oh my God, you've been traveling for three years just to get across the country. And he's like, it took me a month to get out of fucking Brooklyn. Yeah. A month. Yeah. With limited travel capabilities. Well, here's the thing. Brooklyn's not that big. I think he's just an idiot. Like, Brooklyn yeah. is pretty kind of small. Off. He got stopped at all the pizzerias. <laughs> He wanted to sample that New York size, kept tripping up at hot dog stands. I understand it. Yeah. Whatever, bro. But we actually, uh, in this, there's two stories in this uh, trade, but it kind of gets in the middle of Squash in a story about Hero, which is more of her background. Yeah, it's called, uh, quite aptly, uh, Hero's Journey. Yeah, which is, of course, based off uh, the Joseph Campbell uh writing about the hero's journey which george lucas used in star wars but it's also fitting because hero is the daughter of an academic uh named after a shakespeare character so that's it works well on a lot of levels but like agree to disagree 
I liked this issue because not only did we get to see how Hero came to join the Amazons, but we've got to see her a lot like in her youth and how she was a writing major and she left that to become uh to work uh, as an ambulance driver, which is an incredible as an EMT, which is an incredibly noble profession. But being the child of an academic and a politician, it was still frowned upon. And it just shows, like, I can't imagine how difficult that upbringing must have been with the expectations placed on your shoulder. That being an EMT, someone that saves lives, isn't good enough. Yeah, she's not close to good enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we saw some of, like, York, too. Uh, well, the most important part of this whole thing is Hero, like, we find out that Hero is losing her shit right mm-hmm. now. Her marbles are all over the goddamn place. Yeah, as we see her, she hears voices from Victoria, who was leading the Amazons for at least her branch of the Amazons, yep. uh, who was killed. But she sees her, and the voice tells her to do things. Yeah. Yeah. And she talks to the voice. Yeah, it's very much like Danny in The Shining. Yeah. Yeah, except much darker. Yeah, there's no fun little Because finger. you can punch a little kid and just get them out of the way easily. Yeah, there's no Hero's problem. a train killer. Yeah, it's terrifying. But also, too, after we catch up with Hero, we learn the backstory of the engagement ring that York has for Beth, which he bought at a magic shop. I think it's just perfect. Like, he was sold some hullabaloo backstory about the ring. But the ring gets stolen from him. Okay, um, here, here's my next part of this game, real quick. Okay. This man buys a wedding ring at a magic shop. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's not the question I'm asking why for. The question I'm asking why for is why does this magician man have this magical wedding ring? Because all magicians are thieves, okay? <laughs> he probably pickpocketed off someone doing a flim flam act and just another flim flam man flim flamming his way to the top. Do you remember the dollar value that he placed on this wedding ring? It was thousands of dollars. Nope, it was 300 bucks. Was it 300? Yeah, Yorick had to pay $300 and he was still like, Man, that's a kind of a lot of money for a wedding ring. Well, he was a college student at the time, which is still a ton of money. If $300 yeah. is too much for your wedding ring, my friends, uh, you oh. should not be getting So money. he's putting a price on love, everyone. Yep, 100%. The king of comic in Oklahoma is putting a price on love. And it's at least 375 Well, I guess some of you are out of luck. And I guess remember that protection is cheaper than the, the wedding ring. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Buy those condoms. I think that's what you're talking about, right? No, I'm talking about a gun. <laughs> <laughs> Just like York Brown taught me is to shoot people. That was the message of the story, right? Yep, probably. To take lives. Okay. But it's a really powerful moment. Like, York is desperate to get his ring back. Tim Five and Allison Man just thinks he's crazy. But then he violently throws up and falls to the ground. And there's the thought that the ring was the thing protecting him from the sickness. And so 55 actually runs off to get to retrieve the ring. Okay, you have skipped past a few of my I've favorite skipped nothing. Parts. Oh my god, you skipped I'm basically going panel by panel. <laughs> you are not, you ass clown. Uh, so the issue that you're uh, referring to, if I'm not mistaken, it begins with Yorick heckling a women's basketball playoff game as a mascot. He dresses up as a mascot. They bribe some people to get in there, and he's heckling a women's playoff game yes yeah. from the sideline because that's his birthday present yep uh fucking love it um and then when again when he's with beth you were mentioning beth again uh this might be my favorite part from the whole thing there are some people that come in and, and like kind of try and kill him and shit i know exactly what you're gonna say yes yeah uh there is a beautiful beautiful reference in this one 
And he, uh, and this goes back to to York feeling like he needs to step in and try and save everyone and try and also. be the hero. Absolutely, one hundred percent. So Beth goes out and tries to hide Yorick. Obviously, he's the last fucking dude on Earth. She doesn't want him to get hurt or anything. And these fucking crazies come in. Also, spoilers for why the last man. Oh no, I don't think we're going to spoil anything at all. <laughs> he, uh, she's Beth is clearly getting her ass kicked by these uh, these random vigilantes. I don't think they're Amazons, are they? Vigilantes. Vigilantes. Like uh, yes, uh, they are. They are Amazons. Yeah. Oh, you're right. They, yeah, they yeah, 100% yeah, yeah, are yeah. Amazons. Uh, so she's getting her butt kicked by these Amazons, and he comes out in a gigantic robe and pretends he's God, essentially. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Yahweh. Big, <laughs> no way. Yahweh. Mm-hmm. Uh, he pretends that he's God, speaking in this big, booming man voice. And speaking scripture. Yeah, speaking the most wonderful scripture. I'm pretty sure it's Ezekiel. Yeah. Um, uh, and he says, you will know I am the Lord when I lay my vengeance upon you, uh, which is a wonderful scripture, mostly because it is a reference to Pulp Fiction. And you'll know I was quiet for that the entire time, but that's because Matt, when he said Ezekiel, pointed to his hat. He's wearing a Dallas Cowboys hat. And I just had to swallow my own vomit for a minute. Yeah, because my boy Ezekiel Elliott going to go off this year. Yep. Go straight off to the sidelines and watch the playoffs from home. And I say that as a Raiders fan, knowing full well that we're probably about to start a streak of 100 straight wins. <laughs> Ooh, oh, okay. Real quick, everybody. Alex and I are going to make a bet on the air. I bet, Alex, that the Cowboys will have more wins than the Raiders this year. And I will bet you one okay, trade. Okay, I'll just take that. I'm not going to take that bet because the NFC East is the second weakest division in the NFL behind the Are you the sure? AFC because East. we have a uh, Super Bowl winning team in our division and we have the number one overall pick. Okay. You, maybe that's wrong. Saquon's not the number one. No. He's the number be, one running back. That would be Baker Mayfield. Yep. Yeah, yeah that's my bad. Yep. I should know that I'm here in Norman. Anywho, you don't want to take this bet? You don't want to play with this fire? Well, let's see. You just said that your team was going to go 100 straight wins, and you don't want to bet? Okay. Come win on. total? Okay. How about we I'm do this I'm trying to get bet. a free comic book, yeah, everybody. We do. How will they finish in their division? If the Raiders finish third, Cowboy finish fourth, I win. Okay, sure. Okay. Division. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Boy, that's still a stupid bet on my part. Yeah, you're going to lose this <laughs> I one of the hardest divisions. Yeah. Okay. So, anyway. Comic books, not football. You guys are not here for our football talk, probably. Uh, but, yeah. So, we eventually learn that York's actually sick because he ate a dented can. Yeah, and he's got yeah. botulism. Yeah, botulism. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oops. Yeah. So, he... Once again, he proves that botulism because he's an idiot. Yep. He didn't listen to his doctor, which is a very human thing to do. Yep. Uh, During this whole botulism thing, uh, his sweet baby monkey, Ampersand, gets kidnapped. Yep. Who they find out is the key to saving the male race. Dr. Man solves why York and Ampersand are immune. It was was due to Ampersand and his poop. Yeah. which there's Obviously. this great moment where she's explaining, and he's like, he's like, tell me to like I'm dumber. Then she explains it in a dumber way, and he's like, dumber. <laughs> like I thought it was fantastic. He says that like two or three yeah. times, yeah. But he gets kidnapped by the ninja we saw at the end of the uh, theater troop storyline, and then we get to see an awesome ninja fight between the ninja and three three fifty five, and we actually see three fifty five. Uh, basically, essentially, get beat because she didn't go for a headshot. 
we see York come in and try and help her and still lose. And we see Hero come in and try and help her and still lose. And the ninja does the excellent trick of throwing a smoke grenade to escape. And then poor Ampersand is taken away. Yeah. he She drops a dope-ass little smoke grenade. Yeah. And that's, I mean, there's one more issue where it's basically York and Hero making up with one another. Uh, which is just a nice have them go on good terms as we continue with the rest of the story. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, whatever. Let's skip ahead. Stark. Okay, you want to go to the... Uh, Next volume. You want to go to the boat storyline? Yeah, the boat storyline. Yeah. An entire uh, trade dedicated to life on the sea. Yes, that's, uh, yeah, that's all it is. In a bottle yeah. of rum. They're essentially just reading Hemingway, Hemingway the entire time. Yeah. Everything's peaceful and there's no conflict. Yeah, they're just <laughs> getting drunk and arguing pros. There actually is this great moment where they're on the ship... And Super Five is watching the cargo, and the cargo splits open as she's kidnapped, and it reveals York was hiding in a giant box, which I thought was a nice touch. It was wonderful. And he was taken to the captain's quarters. Uh, the captain's name is Kilana, and she demands that York stay there with her, Super uh, Five, because she doesn't trust all of her crew. She only invented some of them, which I, I thought was smart. And Super Five is wary of that, but York is happy because the captain has the last detail on DVD. In the last detail, in case you haven't seen it, it's an excellent movie uh, by Hal Ashby starring Jack Nicholson and Randy Quaid. Everyone should check it out if they get a chance. See, I don't know what this is. Tell me more about last uh, last detail. Instead of talking about any more from volume six, just give me a whole recap of the last detail. It's just it's one of the greatest comedies of all time. One of the most influential influential comedies. Uh, it got really? it for a bunch of Academy Awards. Uh, the Richard Linklater movie, Last Flag Flying with Brian Cranston and Lauren Fishburne. And Steve Carell was an unofficial sequel to it, uh, but it's nowhere near as good as The Last Detail. So if you haven't seen The Last Detail, everyone should check it out if you enjoy comedy and laughter and a dark comedy. It is a 1973 film about two Navy men. <laughs> Matt has found the Wikipedia page <laughs> for The Last Detail, which Fucking is cool. just as good as watching the film. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Oh, is that Nicholson on the cover? He looks ripped aff. Yeah, because he was. Yeah. Uh but this is also too where things kind of change a bit because Dr. Man and 55 hook up while they're on the cabinet and York catches them, which kind of changes the way they interact with each other for for a long, long time. Does it though? Yeah, it does because York <laughs> is standoffish and oddly aggressive. 35 has like this odd place guilt and Dr. Man's upset because she felt like there's this tension even though she felt like they did nothing wrong. So it changes the dynamic of the group. But what I thought was really, really great about this is that we see this woman with an eye patch. And of course, she has an eye patch. That means she's sinister and a bad guy. Uh, If you've got an eye patch, you're not good people. And there's an excellent panel where you just see her in front of a dead body uh, that was violently like, I think the throat was slit and she's radioing her people. But she gets confronted by 35. But we learn that she's actually a good guy. She's working for the Australian Navy because Captain Kilana who was nothing but delight in trying to seduce York beforehand, was actually smuggling heroin into Australia. Yeah, like all people who are just totally normal um, sea captains are doing. They're just trying to live their lives, smuggle a little heroin. And I believe she was also an English major. So York keeps running into a lot of academics, a lot of academic women in this field. Yeah, it's really weird that those are the the type that survived this. But also makes sense like those are the women that, would like, that, that he would fall for too at the same time. Yeah. Because they do fool around some. But they all just happen to be these like gorgeous women in these wonderful positions of power that can just all oftentimes be helpful. 
lazy riding well Brian i mean Hong. she's not really helpful from the fact that she's smuggling heroin and her ship is going to be attacked and torpedoed by the australian oh Navy. here we go next question why is that not helpful well i've always found when traveling by sea it's best if the boat doesn't sink how many times have you traveled by sea every day uh alex has traveled by sea approximately zero times and he is not get an a giant <laughs> piece of construction paper fold it over we'll wait for it to rain and then put it next to a, a gutter and just float all the way down uh you're an idiot uh it's the perfect way perfect mode transportation it's going green i'm lowering my carbon footprint <laughs> good for you pal good for you bud I mean, and you're the one calling me a dumb dun. You don't know why torpedoes are a bad thing when they're being torpedoed at you. Eh, it's it's debatable. But this is... things seem to work out well for Rose on the Titanic when her ship got blown up by uh, torpedoes. But three fifty five and Man Escape. Nothing, nothing from that. No, Thank nothing, you. nothing. Well, okay, here's my next question. Why not? Why aren't you giving me a helicopter so, on that? York, one? of course, with this hero complex, tries to go back and save Kilana. She tries to go down with the ship uh, to no avail. And he eventually escapes with the rest of them. But this, it, we end with, uh, what's her face? Alter from Televigi coming back into the picture. So she's not dead. She kills uh, the judge. That was going to sentence her. So we know she'll be back later. But I think I love the way that this uh, story ends because we see a chapter on Beth or an issue on Beth rather. Where, yeah. And so one, we know she's alive, but the important thing to me, she has this dream and when she dreams, she dreams of York. And we see a flashback of her. We see what it was like before they were dating, while they were dating. And the dream is a current moment. So that she's still thinking of York. Yeah, it was extremely sweet. And in the it. dream, she sees Ampersand too. Which yeah. implies that there is some sort of powerful connection between them. Yep. Uh, that was just a wonderful moment. And it's nice too because people constantly are telling York that, how do you know the girl's still alive? I know she's not cheating on you. I know she still wants you. So it's nice to have like that doubt cast aside. And she's still in the Australian aspect, uh, outback. So, and then we finally get to one of the final storylines of this series, which they're in Australia. Yes, the boat yeah. arrives in Australia yeah. at long last. Yurik finally has a oh. clear path to his beloved Beth. But they don't want to help him find Beth. Because they need to get to Japan to rescue Ampersand. Yeah. Because he's humanity's only hope. Yep. Not the man, uh, the person, but just the monkey. Yeah. Uh, and But they basically agree to give him a 24-hour shore leap to try and find her. He has an address. Uh, and 355 basically is his escort. Yep. At yeah. this point, uh, my boy Yorick uh, ends up being found out by a reporter. Mm-hmm. Uh, a reporter that's trying to prove a bunch of people talking about how there is a last man. There's a lot of people talking a bunch of gibberish. Like she they tases saw. 355, knocks yeah. her unconscious, and makes York strip down and hold a picture with today's paper while she takes a picture. Yep. And it you get to see his dick and everything, bro. Yeah. And they chase her down, but eventually he lets her go because he realizes that the paper she works for basically like the equivalent of the National Enquirer. Yep. And here's a, a, a great line from this part. I don't know if you uh, if you caught this, um, but when 355 comes to after she is tasered, uh, York's like, man, Lincoln had a better bodyguard than I do. <laughs> Solid jokes. Yeah. Yeah. Jokes for days. Yeah. Very disrespectful. And I will not have him sliding 355 in the at all. It really, really hurt me personally. 
Yeah. Uh, there's also some transport, uh, transformer jokes sprinkled in throughout <laughs> this, uh, this time frame. Uh, love it. It's fun. This I thought was really cool too. Not necessarily the storyline, but like a little bit later down, uh, Rose, the one eyed pirate Australian Navy woman, uh, ends up hooking up with Dr. Man. Yeah. Um, and she had that twist in the first, uh, or in the last storyline where she was actually not the bad guy. But then we learn that she is actually a spy that's trying to infiltrate their group and gain their trust. Yeah. So it's a double twist. Yeah. A double blind twist. Fucking double yeah, twist. Yeah. And I didn't bro. see it coming then. No. Nope. Uh, well executed. I totally forgot that it happened now. Yeah. We actually I, see like I was surprised by it again. Like that was like this isn't like the longest like moment, but there are some big moments. Like there is that moment. Alter comes back into the picture uh, again when she confronts York's mom in DC, and it ends with her firing gun at her. We don't know if she died, but let's assume that that, that she was killed. Yeah, she looked dead aff. Yeah, and then like we saw with the best storyline uh, and the hero storyline. This ends with two more backstories. We see the backstory at 355 of how she came to the Culpa Ring. What do you think of that storyline? Uh, I thought it was really cool. It showed um, her former mentor becoming her, her enemy towards the mm-hmm. end. It showed how she got where she was. They had some sprinkling of some cool little national fake secrets about who shot Kennedy and yeah. all this other shit. It was awesome. It was really cool. I don't think it was Kennedy. No? Because she was trying to assassinate the president. Yeah. Yeah. But this takes place like 2002 and she was like 15 or like 18 or 21 at the time. Yeah. My math checks out. It was definitely <laughs> Kennedy. <laughs> math, of course, is wearing a Dallas Cowboys hat, which as we <laughs> all know, you should know his Dallas history. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I'm pretty sure it was in the late 90s. It was actually 92. I remember when Kurt Loder <laughs> broke in on MTV News. And let us all know <laughs> the day Kennedy was shot by Courtney Love. Are you kidding me? It was it was all Sway. Sway told me what happened. I listened to Nirvana all day that day. <laughs> I knew, I really understood in utero. Finally, it was my boy Carson, and he came in and gave me the worst news of my life. Yeah, it was rough because I was like, "This is the day that the offspring going to be number one on TRL." <laughs> and you know what? It got cut short due to Kennedy assassination. If you were in your early twenties or younger, I am so sorry because you have no idea what's happening. Yeah, because you missed out on the heyday. Of total request live. No, I'm just saying because they probably weren't there when Kennedy was assassinated. Well, they need to be historians. That's why this is, this is a history podcast now. Yep. Yeah. So speaking of history, we also get. Well, I think my favorite backstory, which is Ampersand's backstory. Yeah, we do. Yeah, well, Ampersand might actually never have been a helper monkey. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. That brings me to my next. Why? Why do we need this, Alex? Why do we need a backstory on these monkeys like why do we need to know this well one because it shows why ampersand is such a jerk the entire time and not well behaved it's not all york's fault i don't think that's true and because there we see this great connection of how close he actually is to york when dr man says that he's not capable of love and then we see him have that dream where when he dreams he's dreaming of york which is incredibly sad because in this moment he is still separated from him captured by the ninja Oh man, that that moment where he where the monkey has a nightmare and misses his owner. I know. Oh my god, that fucking hit me right yeah. in the butthole. And then it cuts. And then I it, puckered. It cuts to the present day where we see a band wrapped around his tail because the ninja had been cutting off pieces of his tail to punish him anytime he acted out. And she tried to do it again, but she ended up cutting his restraint, 
and we see, I think, one of the best panels in the entire series. He jumps out the window. He's landed in Japan. He's escaped from the evil ninja. And we see that he is happy because he's free. We see a smile on his face, a worried smile, but a f- smile on us. The art by Peter Guerrero on this is fantastic. Oh, yeah. The, the art in this one, it really makes you think, like, there are some wonderful people who can really uh, make art that you might think like seems like just kind of like normal yeah. comic book art. They make it look yeah. really incredible. We got emotional over a drawings of a, of a sad monkey. Yeah. Yeah. Of a monkey's dreams. Yep. Yeah. And that's basically going to wrap it up for part two of the Why the Last Man classic series. As always, you can email us at hindrenofcomics at gmail.com. Oh, Next no, 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 week, no, no, I'm not done. I'm not done. We're, I have one okay. More thing. Okay. What do you have? Oh, dude. In 355's backstory, there are motherfucking cannibals. We haven't talked about the cannibals, Yeah, because we'll get to the cannibals in volume eight. Oh, bam. Teaser. Yeah. Y'all didn't well, expect that shit. But bam, it's going to be a while. On Instagram. You can find us on motherfucking Facebook. Next week, we'll be doing a trade swap, and then we'll be doing Iron Fist Season 2 after that. Yeah, give us a couple weeks to watch that. Uh, we can't do that in one week. I mean, we could, but we like the, it's football season. We need to watch the Sooners win, the Cowboys lose, yep. and the Raiders Wait, uh, bring back my drinking problem. Oh, yes. So, for the Henchman of Comics, I'm Alex Eschback. And this is your boy Ampersand. Henchman ain't easy.